NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Racing is known for great owners, probably none more notorious than Bob Weikert. He was a 1988 inductee into the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, 500 wins plus in his career. He was known for fast race cars. He was known for winning a lot of races. He was known for his victory lane antics. And to sons, Ike and Todd, well, he was simply known as dad. First of all, he has a big heart. Yeah. He's very aggressive. He likes things done. Um... Strictly business, great father. He um, a good businessman, and he liked to be first. He liked to win, and he um, he was just uh, the way he raised us. We worked hard, but he was tough on us. I mean, he he knew what we were capable to do, and he made it happen, and it pays off today. He was a very confident man. Uh, if he failed, when he fa- he didn't fail often, but when he failed, it didn't it didn't deter him. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was a motivator, you know. He uh, he just you you couldn't get him down. For a driver like Bobby Davis Jr., all they're looking for is the full support of an owner. He was behind you 120 percent if you won, ran second, or ran twenty fourth, or maybe even tore it up. You know, he was the same. He uh, he had his cowboy boots on with the with the with the cow manure on it. He was happy and he was at the races watching his number twenty nine Wyker livestock. And just be safe is, was his biggest issue. He didn't want no one to get hurt. We could get. He said we could always get plenty of cars. Thing about dad, you know, I mentioned about you know, pop was pretty stern and pretty tough. Mm-hmm. And when I got to be sixteen, seventeen years old, and had my driver's license at in uh i wasn't allowed to go nowhere during the week right because you worked and friday and saturday you had to be home by midnight mm-hmm. and sunday you had to be home by nine o'clock and but if you went to the races he didn't get home three four o'clock <laughs> you know and, and 
And if you went to the races and you wanted to sleep in to 8 o'clock, that was fine. But if <laughs> if you're out dating the girls or, or, <laughs> or with the guys and you wasn't up at 6 o'clock, you caught hell. <laughs> so the, racing, the racing was okay. You could, you know, you could do You want to go to the races? Yeah, okay. Well, now nah. then if you tell them, nah, I, I ain't going to race. Well, by God, make sure you get that corn corn plowed or, you know, make sure you get them weeds mowed or whatever, you know. And for Hall of Famer Lynn Paxton, he remembers Bob Weikert and particularly the way Bob Weikert could work a crowd. After a race was over, he'd get up and say, we only had the little motor in the night or we only ran seven cylinders tonight next week. And if you'd see him afterwards, he'd give you a wink. Uh-huh. He would incite the fans. Of course, if you were paying money to see their car win, when they were back next week. But he, what he incited were the other people. They paid their money just to see him see get it. beat. Yeah. And he was great at that. He was really good. Nobody should ever boo a Laker car when it pulls in the winner's circle. Well, you know, you have the same thing. I have it in business. I have people's jealous and envy of me. You have it in the race car, but it doesn't bother me. Back then, he would get on that microphone, and you want to ra- And I didn't even didn't even know it was coming. That was that was my problem. At the beginning, I said, "Wow, what did he just do?" You know. And here comes the grandstands. They're they're cheering and rearing him on. And some people loved him. Some people hated him. But even the people that hated him, I promise you, they loved him because he was he made sprint car racing up here. You take Bob Weikert, Al Hamilton, all them people. They are they was dedicated to the sport, and all the money that they spent. They let them have their time, you know. I mean, you don't get to victory lane every day. So, my opinion was it was great. I liked it, and he would get them roused up. I have to have a hobby, so this is just a hobby with me. But I'm going to be here, and I'm going to say this: I got the best team that's ever been put together in sprint car racing, bar none. He would get up there, and he would say, "Y'all just wait till next week. You think this is something?" So I'm going, Pappy, Pappy. <laughs> but it was good. And Paul Pitzer remembers a story where Bob Waker could even rile up the fans that sat around him during a race. So him and Winnie, his wife, were sitting in the grandstands, and two big heavy women were sitting behind him. And they hated Kenny. And I. I mean, just they said it went on the whole race. All they talked about, oh, dirty bastards. So Kenny won, and I ran second. So when the race is over, Bob stood up and turned around and said, Honey, can you go along and help me carry this money out to my car? (laughs) The story of how Bob Weikert started as a sprint car owner actually involves his sons, Todd and Ike. They got hooked on racing, and they took their father to a race. Well, it didn't take long for Weikert to realize that he wanted to be part of sprint car racing, and he became an owner of a team. They worked through a couple of different combinations of cars and drivers early on, but early he discovered and made friends with Paul Pitzer, and it didn't take long for Paul Pitzer and Bob Weicker to be friends off the racetrack and successful on the track. Pitzer was kind of like, my dad and Pitzer was very, very close. It's just like dad and Fred Grenable. I mean, Fred Grenable did anything and everything for my dad. It didn't care what. And that's the way about the way Pitzer and him is. And I wanted Pitzer to tell the story so bad, Todd, when he was racing that USAC race, and I, I couldn't get the Pitzer to tell him about the tree limbs that were stuck in the roll cage at the, one of the races out west. It was, it was in Atlanta. Yeah. And it, it was that one, that mile track. Yeah, the big mile down there, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they uh, evidently it, it wasn't a 
a very well manicured track and they had <laughs> trees that, off the corners and the some of the tree limbs was would hang over the yeah on, on, on hang over the guardrails you know and anyhow <clears throat> pitcher come in from i don't know and i wasn't there i'm just but pitcher come in from hot laps and i think it was hot laps or time trials but uh in the in the roll cage was you know tree branches and and lit, you know of course you're on a mile so you're not you know if you're at one end of the speedway you're not going to catch what's going on the other end that good you yeah. know but to come in there and hear these leaves and tree tree twigs and everything and and uh dad said to pitts he said pitts don't you think you can run her a little higher <laughs> in the trees and and i think that i think that's a place where at that time larry was it larry rice was a yep. yeah silver yep. crown champion yep. and i don't know if they were in a heat race or it was in the in the a main or whatever but pitts are won it but someone said that uh when larry when larry rice come in and uh took his helmet off he asked his crew chief or whatever he said who's that crazy son of a 29 car <laughs> pitcher was he was genuine you know in in my description of pitts as, as far as a racer um you know his stats will tell you that he wasn't a, he wasn't the greatest racer but pitzer wasn't pitzer was a, he wasn't the greatest racer as, as a as a thinker he was a gasser pitts can get blood out of a turnip I mean, it, it, you know, he'll, <laughs> yep, if it's he there, it he'll get it. And if he wasn't getting it, there was nobody. He quit him. But if there was a hole for the nose of the car, he was going through it. I mean, I remember the Nationals, uh, it was 150 lapper, and you didn't stop for 75. And Stevie Smith was leading it, leading it and he, the track was so black and slick. And he passed Stevie and was gone and spun, spun out. And my, my dad didn't bite an eye. He just didn't. He didn't care. And he always told Pitts he'd sooner see him crash a car going for the lead than running last. Yeah. You know, he's just the way he was. Dad was really, really, he thought the world of Pitzer. Bob and I got along good. We never had any major problems. And uh, towards the end of my career, I, I talked to him about it. I said, I'd just like to race USAC here the last couple of years. And, and that's when he started the uh, revolving chair for a while <laughs> hey Pitts. every week how about, uh, how about uh, the motel up up at syracuse was he real happy with you then oh no that was that was down in tampa oh tampa <laughs> excuse me all right yeah, we, wrong state get your state straight <laughs> we went down there every winter and uh, we went out for a couple beers and then there there were some women around there uh-huh. that shouldn't have been around so so we went back professionals we, right yeah right, absolutely yeah. <laughs> so we were we were staying at the Holiday Inn downtown Tampa. Okay. So uh, we went back to the motel, and I went up. The coffee shop was open all night. So I went up and got a cup of coffee and an order of toast, and after a while I heard me being paged. Please report to the front desk. So I thought, who in the hell knows I'm here? <laughs> so I went up, and here stood this woman and the Desk clerk said, here, this woman wants to talk to you. I said, no, I, I don't have any business with you. And then I, I thought a little bit. I said, listen, if you want to make a quick $20 and you don't have to do too much for it, I got a little job for you. And, uh, so we went to Bob's room, and uh, this woman went with me. I said, no, I'm going to tell you, 
You're probably going to hear some words you never heard, but she said, honey, I heard it all. So I knocked on Bob's door. I said, hey, Bob, we got trouble. It's like one thirty, quarter or two in the morning. I said, we got trouble we got to fix up. He come to the door. I pushed her in and pulled the door shut. Well, I could, I could hear him swearing and carrying on. So, so the woman finally got out of there, and I, I gave her $20. And the next morning at 5.30, Bob's rapping on my door. He said, come on, we're packing up and going home. So I thought we were going home, but he got over it. But, uh, that's one of the many stories of Bob. We were running uh, Chillicothe, Ohio, I think, uh, all-star race. Uh-huh. And I think there were three of us went out from Pennsylvania. Uh, I think it was Kramer, Pitts, and myself. And we were we were out there, and Pitts had a real good job, and sometimes his racing got him in a little trouble with his job. So they told him if he didn't make it, you know, for work the next day, that he could be in jeopardy. So he knew I had flown out with Al Hamilton in a private plane. And we had talked about flying him back home. That way his wife could pick him up. He could get a couple hours sleep and make it to work. Mm -hmm. Make make a lot of sense. Yeah. So so we went out and uh, we're racing. Kramer's leading it. I'm second. Pitts is third. I don't remember who I was driving for. It could have been. It doesn't matter. But I believe Kramer was running for... For Hamilton, I, I believe. Yeah, I think. Well, I wasn't quite good enough to put any heat on Kramer, and he was putting a lot of heat on me. And, I mean, this went on for quite a few laps. I didn't make any mistakes. It was a tough place to pass. Mm-hmm. You had to get bottom position. And, I, you know, I, I felt bad because I couldn't get him, but he was better than I was, and maybe he could have. But I, I fought on, and I run second. He run third. Okay, so we come in and and I didn't feel real good about it. Okay, so I figured, well, I'm going to go down and talk to him. So I went down and Pitts was there and I didn't know he had just got reamed pretty good. And uh, (laughs) he saw me coming and and he gave me that. Maybe you want to go somewhere else. I wasn't smart enough to do that either. (laughs) Well, I want to tell you what he called me. Bob Weicker called me everything but a white man. You come and so and so, blah, 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 blah. You, you know, we should have won that race, blah, blah. Oh, he just chewed me up one side and down the other. And he was right. I mean, you know, sure. I you understood. Kind of it then. But yeah. I wasn't going to roll over and play dead. That's just the way it was. I'm getting chewed out. He got chewed out. And five minutes later, Hamilton said we needed somebody to take us over to the airport to get to in the flight. plane. Yep. Well, guess who had to take us over? Bob Weichert. He said, we asked him after he just chewed us both out. He said, oh, you son of a, you know, he said it real nice. Okay, I'll take you over. That's who he was. Okay. Now, that's just part of the story. Okay. No, he's pretty brave. I never seen him scared of anything. But that night, I saw him as scared as I've never seen him. Because I was too. We went up in this private plane, okay? We get up there, and there's a pilot. You know, I think, Pitts, I think you were co-pilot. I was sitting up front with a yeah, pilot. and Alan, I think, were in the back seats. And uh, we get up there. We flew over the racetrack. Beautiful, you know, cars leaving and stuff. And then mm-hmm. we turn, 
headed back east and we're, we're looking around and all of a sudden up there it looks like World War III going on over there and lightning and thunder and then over there and uh, you know pilot east here next thing we knew that plane's going up and down hail hitting it we made eye contact up there <laughs> I, I'll tell you what he had the fear of God in his eyes and I'm sure I did too now we got home alright that pilot landed that thing and he said, boys, I didn't think we were going to make it. If he's... Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The breakfast stampede meal. It's only at McDonald's where there's a meal for every morning. Enjoy our value favorites, like a sausage McMuffin with egg, just two for $4. And get an any-size McCafe premium roast coffee for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change. Like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Every day, people experience mysteries that challenge the laws of nature. Like enjoying a Coke Zero Sugar, it looks, sounds, and tastes delicious. But how does one explain the great taste if there are zero calories and zero sugar some mysteries are just too mysterious coca-cola zero sugar unbelievably delicious no tv binging session is complete without the unbelievably delicious zero calorie taste of coke zero sugar say that upstairs They'd had two pairs of mine. So while Paul Pitzer was probably Weikert's favorite driver of the 50 or so that sat behind the wheel of the famous number 29 car, once Pitzer left, it became a bit of a revolving door. And revolving in and out of that door multiple times was Keith Kaufman. And even his wife Kathy got into some of the stories of their times with Bob Weikert. Keith was with Dad two or three years there. In the early 80s uh, era of 79 to 82 or something like that and won a lot of races. But, you know, just now and then it just seemed like even if they were successful, um, you know, Dad liked he liked change and, and see what he could do with someone else. I don't know how many times it was, but I'm thinking around three times probably as in in that car over over my career. And, uh, you know, we won a lot of races every time I was in it. And it was, it was funny something happened. I don't know, he'd get mad or I'd get mad, and then we'd split up or go someplace else or something happened. I can't even remember what all the stories were, but uh, then after a bit, well, here we went back again, you know, and try another round, you know. But uh, it was always pretty exciting, and he was uh, he was a very exciting individual. So, you know, he told a lot of stories, liked to wind the people up, and, you know, he liked to see his car go fast. And we used to keep the cars at Dick Hench's house. When Coffin was driving there at one time, but anyway, she said, "Do you remember the time you and I took a wing? We were hauling a wing somewhere in in Keith's uh, El Camino, and they had it laid on the back, and here it blowed off and hit a hit an oncoming car." And Kathy says, "Yeah." She said, "My insurance went up for three years till we get that paid for." <laughs> <laughs> but knowing Kathy Kaufman, you know, and the way she is, I could just picture that, you know, looking in the rearview mirror, oops, you know. <laughs>
And the driver that probably had the most success driving for Bob Weikert was Doug Wolfgang. Two times they won the Knoxville Nationals. Three times they won the National Open at Williams Grove. Four times they run the Tuscarora 50 at Port Royal Speedway. And while on-track success between Weikert and Doug Wolfgang was legendary, off-track, well, they weren't really all that close. You know, his, his uh, record speaks for itself. And, and as, a, as a person... You know, I'm not saying he's a bad guy, but he's he, Doug's different. He, he thought about himself more than anybody else, and I'm not I'm not saying that in a bad way, right. because that's probably what made him good. You know, you don't get many guys that's really humble and jolly and gets along with everybody that's really successful. Yeah. You know, the most most of your you know biggest successful business people uh, can be downright. A prick at times, you know, yeah. but they don't really give a shit. They, they got they're focused on one thing, and that's success. And and I think that's the way Doug Wolfgang was in 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 his career. You know, his business was driving a race car. With he and Dad, I don't think they were ever close. And uh, at times they, you know, they butt heads, and but they they knew they were they were successful together. And Wolfgang. You know, knew that he was making money and being successful and winning lots of races. So, you know, it was a it was a hell of a team. But I tell you, uh, if you furnish them guys and help them, you got to be a good car owner. You can't get all mad and shushly if they wreck them. You got to work together. It takes a team. One time at at the garage, <laughs> Pop come in there and Wolfgang's underneath the car and and Dad's telling them to do this and do do that or something. I don't know. I don't remember how it was. But Wolfgang come rolling out of that son of a and handing him the wrench. He said, if you're so smart, you work on this son of a Yeah, yeah. And and they were going to Lincoln that night. And uh, Pop, he got pissed off. He didn't even go to the races that night. I mean, he just pissed him off. But there again, if that had been anybody else, you know, they – Dad would have probably either fired him or but he knew that you know what you know Wolfgang is Wolfgang's very capable of winning lots of races. And- Doug Wolfgang, as you know, is driving my car. He's the best all around that I've ever had. He compares with Kenny Weld. Wolfgang is one of the best welders, fabricators. He's a motor builder. He can do anything, and that's what you have to do to be a good, tough race car driver. And with the Browns, everything just fits together like putting a glove on your hand. But they were good for each other, and then you know, with the with the the two the two Browns, Davy Junior and Senior, it was just it was a phenomenal team. And I don't know if you know they got the dream team now with the '69 car, but I don't think it's you can even compare it to the '29 team because at that time Wolfgang could go to Calistoga, California, and win an Outlaw show, or come to come back to Williams Grove and win or go to Knoxville and win. And that's something that the uh, 69 cars, I don't think, capable of doing. There's a weekend like this, where you out physically, traveling to Syracuse, a lot of pressure, a lot of media hype, and then coming here to Seelands Grove and going double duty in one night? Not for me. I, uh, if I had to drive home tonight to sue for- If you're hoping that 2021 will finally bring some good news, specifically about ham... Well, you just might be an Applegatarian. Because Applegate Natural slow-cooked ham has no chemical nitrates, no sugar, and made with pork raised with no antibiotics ever. So, yeah, looks like things on the ham front are looking pretty, pretty good. 2021.
one is the year for ham, people. Go Applegatarian. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. Enjoy our value favorites, like a sausage McMuffin with egg, just two for $4. And get an any-size McCafe premium roast coffee for just a buck. Price and participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, SI, and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Calls it might wear me down a little bit, but I'm not that old yet. The media hype drives me crazy. And then there was the season, 1985, the one that everyone talks about when Weikert and Wolfgang won all the big races. When they got done, they had a total of 52 wins. It's not like, but it's like Todd said, you can win races around here, but to go to win the Knoxville Nationals, Eldor, and all them big shows, that's with a true cream to the top. That's what I think it is also. You can take him any kind of a racetrack in the United States. When he's not winning, he'll run second or third. And that's what I'm after. It was, uh, you know, it was it was a dream come true for any anyone, you know. Like, uh, you know, you know, it, it's sad, but when you ran second, it 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 really sucked, you know. And and you know, today, if you, you know, if you go out here and run second and third, you know, you know, you're knocking on the doors. But uh, when when Wolfgang ran second, you feel like you really failed. Now I, I don't, you know, I know he won fifty couple races, but he had a lot of seconds. Back then, then, too, you know, seconds and thirds, so, you know, what a season. So while Doug Wolfgang was the driver that probably had the most success with Bob Weikert, and Pitzer was Weikert's favorite drivers, one of the most popular drivers ever to wheel the number 29 car was Bobby Davis Jr., and Bobby Davis Jr. got the attention of Bob Weikert through his grit and determination as much off the track as on the track. Dad coming home, because Kaufman was driving Dad's car then. And I can remember Dad coming home and telling me, he said, there was a boy out there, he said, Bobby Davis, he said, that's the workingest little son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life. And he said, you talk about a kid that can drive a race car. And he said, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to do my best to hire him. And I said, well, what about Keith? And he said, we're going to keep Kaufman. But he said, I'm, I'm going to give that kid a ride. And I, and I remember when he when he come home and he told me that he he made up his mind, and and was and and Dad told the exact same story. He said that poor little son of a bitch. He said he was grease and dirt all over. He said he he had motor troubles. He tore his rear end out. He said I ain't never seen anybody work like that. And he and Dad watched him and I don't know where he was pitted or whatever. But that he just he 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 gave an impression to Dad that and then Pop just made his mind up. He was. He was going for it, and he was going to hire that kid. Okay, Little Springfield is is a little bitty, I mean, a third mile, quarter mile. It's real little, high bank. And uh, we decided to go there for Sunday night. This was Sunday at the mile. We decided to go there for Sunday night. So we went over there, and uh, we did good in the heat race. We made it through the, uh, the heat race fine. 
And believe it or not, we won the feature. But coming for the checkered flag, two cars in front of me wrecked really bad, and they was flipping. And when they was flipping, of course, I was coming for the checkered flag, and they all landed right on top of me. So it tore the nose wing up. It tore the hood up. It tore the wing up. It just everything. So we just piled all that junk on top of the trailer because it just looked like we was in a junkyard. So the next morning, Mr. Weikert gets up, and we was, believe it or not, we staying at the same uh, motel. So my trailer and his trailer was parked next to each other at the motel. And um, he got up the next morning. He said, oh, my God, that kid had a rough day and a rough night. So he was eating breakfast, and he reads the newspaper. He said, Bobby Davis Jr. wins Little Springfield Sunday night. He said, oh, my God, he won the race. You know, but we had a pile of junk. <laughs> so we had a really rough day. And um, believe it or not, from that point on, there was a gentleman named Ken Jenkins at Gambler Chassis Company that we, uh, I was involved with that we got our race cars from. And uh, Gambler Chassis Company at that time, 1982, they kind of got started. I had one of the first cars when I drove for my father. And we had a great relationship with them, and, and Kenny Jenkins knew Mr. Weikert really well. And um, those two got together and offer, off, you know, put a deal together f- for me to get with Mr. Weikert. But that, that one race is what really set it off. Uh, I feel pretty good today. I'm going to give Bobby the first. You're going to give him this poor little 19-year-old guy the first. Yeah, I think he earned it, don't you? I think he did. Bobby, do you think maybe you could give a Bob enough money here that he could scrape up some razor blades? Once Weikert saw Bobby Davis Jr., it didn't take long for them to put a deal together, and it didn't take long after that deal was put together for Bobby Davis Jr. to become part of the family. Yeah, he was close to Bob Weikert, very, very close to him as they worked on the race cars and around the farm, but Bobby Davis Jr., he was even closer to Bob Weikert's wife, Miss Winnie. When I come up here, I was 19 years old, and I got to stay at the house with uh, with one of the daughters, and her name was Betsy. And uh, right down the street from the shop, now this is probably a little different story than what you just asked me, but she would get, cook breakfast in the morning, lunch for uh, lunch, and then dinner for dinner for all the working crews out in the barn and the, and the field taking care of the cows and everything. Well, there I was. I was. I got to eat sausages, hot dogs. I mean, it was it was awesome. And then all I had to do was just drive half a mile down the road, go to work, get the shop. So she was she was really 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 good to me. Took care of me. He was like a family. He really was. I mean, my mom used to come home late at night and, and cook steaks and everything late at night. I mean, she was just she was uh, she's special, you know. Bobby Davis loves her to death. As you can see, or we don't have a really good picture of it right now, but all the other race cars have always had Mr. Beef on the hood, going down the nose of the hood. And um, I always tease Mr. P- Mr. Weikert. We called him Pappy. I always tease Mr. Weikert that I was going to put Mrs. Beef on our car, on, on the car I was driving. He said, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. So when the sign painter showed up to put the name on it and letter the car, I said, look, you have got to put Mrs. Beef on it. I said, that's who I deal with. That's that's who, uh, you know, Pappy just, you know, me and him are just, you know, partners in this thing and everything. But we deal with Miss Winnie on everything, you know, like the winnings, uh, ordering parts or getting permission to get parts. And, and uh, so 
I was I was fortunate enough to put Miss Miss Beef on my car, but Mom always paid the bills and did all the cooking, and that's why Bobby wanted her name Mrs. Beef, and that's why I built that car and put her name. That's Bobby Davis Jr. Ashley Stremme and I had a chance to hang out with him at the Bob Weikert Memorial in 2018 at Port Royal Speedway. And that Bob Weikert Memorial is becoming one of the premier events in central Pennsylvania. Held Memorial Day weekend each year at Port Royal at the Speed Palace. And for Weikert, it was a combination of what he wanted to do to remember his dad and what Steve O'Neill at Port Royal Speedway wanted to do to create such a great event. He loved Port Royal. He just loved this whole atmosphere of the people. He cranked the people up. He he just loved it all. They always had the Bob Weikert Memorial after after Dad's uh, passing, but they never got me involved in it too much. And they just they just held a race. And to be honest with you, some of the couple of years they had it, and I didn't even know that they were having it. They didn't they didn't even reach out to me. But O'Neill gets a hold of me when he comes back for his second tour here, and uh, we hooked up and. And with the excitement that when I got up here and with the excitement that this team at Port Royal uh, had and enthusiasm to make this show what it is, um, it got me excited because I just thought, well, I'll come up there and, you know, say a couple words in a loudspeaker and get my picture taken and that'll be it. They got they had more ideas that, you know, than Trump does building the building the palace somewhere. So, uh, you know, it got me it got me excited. But obviously it was a success, and it's continued to be a success. We're always driving to dance lessons. So we signed up for Know Your Drive. We save money and get closer to her dancing dreams. The daring young man on the flying trapeze. Or maybe her singing dreams. Sign up for Know Your Drive and save up to 20%. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. Discount terms apply. Visit amfam.com slash knowyourdrive for details. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. 